You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. CFOs and controllers, there's a better way to manage cards, expenses, travel, and reimbursements. You need a unified spend platform from Brex that lets you control all your spend in one place, automate compliance, and close the books faster. Get started at Brex.com. Welcome to Why I'll Never Make It, a lighthearted podcast that takes a revealing look at a career in the entertainment industry, featuring stories and interviews with those on stage and backstage, on screen and behind the scenes. I'm Patrick Oliver-Jones, and this is Why I'll Never Make It. Hello, and thank you once again for joining me here on the podcast. Is it just me, or is it hard to believe that we're already in the midst of fall? It seems like we're just a couple of months away, and then it's the end of the year. This this year has really flown by. I, I People say that all the time. I realize that every year seems to go by faster and faster, but 2018 just seems like one of those years. Anyway, why I'll never make it. Let's just jump right into it. Now, why I'll never make it is that it always seems like there's someone just another step ahead of me in the process. Let me give you an example. I was at an audition recently for 42nd Street. I just did the show. Here I go. I'm back auditioning for the show again, and this time for the role of Julian Marsh. And as it turns out, of course, a friend of mine was there auditioning for the same role, which happens all the time. It's one of those things where... You tend to see the same people, some you know, some you just know by face, and then others you've gotten to know over the years. And this is a a good friend of mine. I actually hadn't seen him in a while. Anyway, he was there. He had Julian Marsh down to a T. He had the three-piece suit. He had the hair slicked back. I mean, he looked the part. He'd also done the role before. I've never done the role. Yes, I've understudied it, but I've never done the role. So he was just looking the part. He was feeling the part. He had the part on his resume already. There's just always going to be someone who's just that step or two ahead of me. But at the same time, I have to remember that, yes, I'm going to be a step or two in front of somebody else. And that's kind of the nature of this. There's always someone a step ahead. There's always someone who's done it before, who's just better at it, maybe. But it was just a reminder to me that I'm, I'm where I am in this journey, and it's not as far as I want to be. It's tough to be reminded of that, to come to realize that, and no matter what job you're in, really, whether it's the entertainment field, whether it's auditioning, or whether it's in the business world, or even in relationships, there always seem to be those couples that are further along. They're, they're just that much better. It's like, oh, I, I, I want to reach that, that kind of level. So we all kind of have that carrot stick in front of us. It's like, if I, just, if I can just reach that. And so that is one of the reasons why I'll never make it. But I would be remiss if I didn't also say, why I'm still here. And this goes to something that is one of those things that evolves over time. And that is the roles that you're able to fulfill as you get older. Now, a lot of people think that getting older is a bad thing. And yes, there, there are some, some drawbacks that come to it. 
things aren't quite as crisp when I look at them. There's not quite as clear. I have to squint a little bit more. Getting up the stairs is, you know, by the time I get up to my fifth floor walk up, it's a little more winded than maybe had I taken those stairs 10 or 15 years ago. So yes, there are some drawbacks to getting older. But one of the wonderful things about being an actor is that as you get older, there are these roles that you've looked at, that you've seen off in the distance when you were 20 years old and said, one day I'm going to play that. For me, one of those big dream roles was to play Don Quixote in Man of La Mancha. And I finally got to do that. I'm now at a place where I'm starting to hit that point in my career where I'm going to reach these these male roles that have been iconic, that have been classics in the world of musical theater. But also, there's going to be those new roles. There's going to be those roles that have yet to be written, those new Broadway shows. I keep my fingers crossed. Those new Broadway shows that are going to need uh, the older leading men. And so I look forward to what those roles are going to be, how I'm going to grow, continue to grow into them. Because, for example, Man of the Mancha. Yes, I've done it once, but that's something for the next 10 or 15 years that I can continue to do, continue to grow in. And there's going to be not just classical musical theater, but as I mentioned, newer, more contemporary musicals that I will be able to fit into. And so that is one of, one of many reasons why I'm still here and why I keep going. Because... There's still, I'm not, I may not be 20 anymore, but there's still those roles that are off in the distance that I can't wait to tackle. Now we come to the portion of the show where I get to talk with one of my good friends. And this is, this is one thing that I love about having this podcast is that, yes, I have brought on people that, um, I didn't know. Maybe maybe they were friends of Dewey, and so Dewey was able to bring them on, and we got to know each other. We had we had a conversation, but it's always so wonderful when I can bring people that I've known for years and years, and I get to have them share their story. Well, Chris Coyne is one of those people. He and I worked together in Las Vegas for what's two contracts. Each contract is six months. So for a year total, he and I worked together and we shared a lot of crazy times in the dressing room. There were six men, uh, six principal men, and also six principal women who were the singers of the group. So the 12 of us held down all the vocals and then there were just gobs and gobs of, of dancers, both male and female, that comprised the bulk of Jubilee in Las Vegas. And Chris and I just kind of struck a friendship from the very first day that I met that. In fact, there was another guy named Chris. So both Chris's became two good friends of mine. And Chris Coyne in particular, he is just one of those people who says it like it is. If he thinks it, if he wants to say it, well, he's just going to say it. That's how it comes out. He, he doesn't have a filter. He doesn't have a censor. It's just Chris Coyne is who Chris Coyne is. And that's one thing that I absolutely love about him. And though I met him as a singer, He kept going and performing once I left Vegas, but eventually found his way into another side, more behind the scenes in TV production. And so Chris and I joined each other on the phone. He lives in L.A., I live in New York. The West and East Coast meet. We talked over the phone, and we discussed his career and how it led from performing to now a different part of his creative side. Because he is now an Emmy-nominated sound editor for a Netflix show you might have seen. The animated show, The Adventures of Puss in Boots. Christopher Coyne, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I am amazing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hate when people say that? You're like, hey man, how you doing? I am... <laughs> amazing and you're like holy shit well my life sucks i'm out i'm i am not amazing i'm just barely barely surviving it's certainly better than oh fine because that's i think that's what most people say or or they don't even answer at all you know you you go to someone hey how you doing oh man yeah yeah how you doing they just say yeah yeah well that's not that's not really what i asked but anyway so 
So you're amazing. So no, I, hopefully I, that's... I, I am. I, I really am. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that's indicative of this interview. So, so why don't we just dive right in? What is the worst job you ever had? Waiting tables. And why is that? What is, what is so, I mean, why oh, did yeah. you not? Well, like I don't it? know. Have you ever done it? You know, I have never worked oh, in see, a restaurant. I can tell because if you Ever. had, as soon as I say waiting tables, you'd say, oh, of course, of course, of course. Yes, that is, that is, of course, that's the worst job ever. Yes. I know that's a job like waiting tables and being like a runner, like a food runner is so brutal. I mean, it's the only job I've literally just walked out of multiple times, like multiple jobs, <laughs> multiple locations. <laughs> Uh, la- and I, I quit the last one right before Jubilee in Vegas. Actually, I was living in LA and I, dude, it was like a movie. I took my apron, like my, you know, where I had like my little thing where I write your order down and all that little folder, took that off and threw it through the hole where they put the food into the kitchen <laughs> onto the, like the, the burners. Oh my there. gosh. And I was like. I'm fucking out of here. And I literally walked out with all the money in my pocket. Like they call it your bank. So it was like right, all the yeah. money that everyone had paid for everything and just walked down the street, got in my car and left. And, and now what precipitated this very, this very bold and demonstrative goodbye to them? Uh, well, I had like 14, not like, I know I had 14 tables going at the same time. Just oh, me. yeah. And the owner was there and, uh, I don't know, you know me. So like, you can only say so much to me before I tell you to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, no, no, like, we're not. Well, yeah. That. I was like, Hey, you know, she was just standing there like saying like that table needs something. That person looks like they need something, you know? And but I was of like, course well, she's not helping. Like, that, go, yeah. go ask them. Like, what are you doing? You're just standing <laughs> behind me yelling at me. I'm like, yeah. clearly we're in a crisis mode where there's like so many people the kitchen's overworked. I'm like, and you're just standing there yelling at me. I'm like, and yes, it is a disaster, but let's try and fix it. So she was like, well, if you had any idea what you were doing as a waiter. And I was like, Oof. what? I, I'm like, okay, well, here's what you do. I'm like, you do it. And that's when I took <laughs> off the thing and threw it in the kitchen. I, and that, I, I know it's like a movie. It's hard to even believe that happened. But that well, I said, well, you yeah, do because- because as you describe it, I am seeing the movie play out. I am almost in slow motion. Like she says, <laughs> she says, you don't know what you're doing. And I can see this face and you just rip it off in slow motion and just hurl it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, roll it, it up like, in a, like in a ball, kind of fold of it up. So I, can I, I hope it. you hit someone as, as you threw it. Dude, like it did it hit somebody? Kitchen, it landed on the stove, like with the burners. Brilliant. And, I, and then I turned away. I was like, well, that's pretty damn impressive. I got it through the hole. <laughs> Where the food goes. On, onto the, the stovetop. Onto the stovetop in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Love so it. and and I also quit the four seasons too. I just turned to my boss one night because he asked me to clean we had to, we had to clean the hard water stains off the glasses. Like that's just insane. So I just was like I turned to him, I said, All right, dude, I'm done. He goes, Ooh, Chris, yeah, there's uh, seeing some spots on there. I said, uh, okay, well, this is going to be my last night. <laughs> I just, I just want you to know uh, that I'm leaving now. And I think you guys are going to be totally fine <laughs> without yeah. me here. And then I left. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Well, speaking of other low paying jobs, I would imagine that as you got started in performing, you, you took those low paying jobs, right? Oh yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I took jobs where I had to pay, pay them. Did no, you really? Did no, you no, really? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I was no, about no, to say, because I've, I've heard of those. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, though. I mean, you know, with gas and everything, I think it's five bucks for yeah, a, yes, a yeah, 99-seat you... equity, equity waiver, right? Theater gig mm-hmm. in L.A. is $5 a show. And so is, is L.A. Where, where you became an equity member and started your professional career? Yep. yep yeah. And how did show. you get your equity card? Oh, well, dude, I got my equity card. Actually, it was kind of a miracle uh, from Sacramento Music Circus. Oh, brilliant. It's actually a pretty, pretty, I mean, dude, 
this gig was so intense. It was ridiculous. And, you know, I didn't know there were some amazing people up there. I mean, that's, I think, you know, as I got into the business, I was like, I cannot believe they hired me for that (laughs) Uh, with the resume I had, which was like nothing, you know? But, um, but yeah, they saw but that, something. That, they saw something in me. You know what it was? It was called being tall. Oh, oh, okay. Because you know, they musical theater to... land. I'm like a monster, dude. I look like freaking <laughs> a great white shark, or like <laughs> Snuffleupagus or something out there. Like, because right. I'm kind of broad shouldered. You know, I weigh 200 pounds. I'm huge. I'm standing yeah. next to this kid. You know, who's like those kids are like they're like a buck forty five, five eight. You know what I mean? But, and it's but like they can I, kick. They can kick to the ceiling though. Well, that's, yeah, that, that is, yeah, yeah, but you know, this was like they needed they needed all types. You know what I'm saying? So they were like, "Dude, we need some height," and the guy can sing. As you know, my dancing was absolutely stellar, horrendous. <laughs> I mean, dude, so bad, so yeah. bad. This might be a good time to point out the fact that you and I work together, which is how we know each other's dance abilities so well. Um, Listen, man, I thought you were pretty damn good. You and I went to a dance class together, and I was pretty oh, jealous. That's right. You, and this is classic, but you said to the woman who was filling in for the guy that we had, yeah. I guess we went more than once. It was that woman. Yeah, yeah we, went, was, we went Karen, a few times. Karen or something. And you're like, I don't know. This, the girl, she's just not as good, you know? And like, she, you, you said it while you were signing in, and she was sitting. At the sign-in table. Oh. She was the only, there was, there was me, you, and her. And you just looked right. at me and you're like, yeah, <laughs> shit, you know. She's just not as good, you know. And I was like, uh, 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 and I think I said, like, I have to, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I'm going to go over here. Yeah, I I've have, hopefully, I think I've outgrown my foot and mouth disease that I, I had so much of in my 20s and 30s. Uh, I was just... If I could say something at the wrong time to the wrong person in the wrong way, somehow that's how it came out. Yeah, you, you did it. Yeah. You did it. Yeah, and, and I did it, and I did it. But it's so, why I so love you. It's why I love you. <laughs> it, is, it is why we got along so well. Because you're real. You're real. I was like, this because is Because you said things. You oh. said things to be blunt on purpose. I just said them because that's right. what was in my brain at the time. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, you probably yeah. shouldn't say when, when your company manager gives you notes, <laughs> you probably shouldn't say things like, don't <laughs> I literally said this to Diane. I said, don't you think I fucking know that? <laughs> because that's how you take a note. I got run over by the dancers <laughs> backstage because I was walking by this by a hole oh, and John Ortiz came flying through and they they literally just knocked me like down yeah, hardcore. Yeah. She's like, Yeah, yeah. you probably no, shouldn't yeah. probably shouldn't walk by that at that time. Now, now pause just for a second. The show that we're talking about is Jubilee in Las Vegas, and we, we were in the same dressing room. And so from there formed the wonderful friendship at Jubilee. I was there for a year. How long were you there for? I was there for, I think, three and a half. Oh, wow. Because you'd already been Falls. there how long before I, before I came in? I think you came in, I'd been there like a year I don't know. Ah, whatever. Dude. Anyway, it was it was a revolving door of of men and and women singers, and then of course there's the there's the women who are there's the nude line they they're topless, mm-hmm. and then there's the bluebells who wear tops, and right. and and then and then the the men dancers were almost kind of an afterthought. They were just kind of thrown in to do things, but it was all about the women dancers. That's that's what mattered the most. Well, yeah. Well, the costumes. I mean, Fluff even told me, she's like, listen, there is no star of this show. The star is the costumes. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Because, so because they were being my, my Bob Mackie. Blend in, motherfucker. Blend in. Exactly. Just blend in. Exactly. And I was like, now what now? Blend in? <laughs> During my solo? <laughs> I'm supposed to blend? Okay. <laughs> it feels weird, but I'll do it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but, but that's what happens whenever the, these two women who kind of headed it up, one was... Her name was Fluff. That was her actual name. She was yep. kind of the head of the show. And then her, I guess, assistant or co-partner. I, I, I don't know how they did that, but that was Diane. And both of them had been in the show. And then that's how well, they... Fluff wasn't in the show. Fluff was like well, 85 years old, dude. Right, right. I mean, Diane was in the show and then Diane worked her way up. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what I meant. Well, that, that kind of gets me to my next thing. So you moved on from Jubilee to yet, yet another... Uh, show in Vegas. Follies, I mean, it was yeah. basically the same thing, except this time there's only one male singer, and that was you. 
that was me. Yeah. And yeah, I thought, well, this is it, man. I mean, that was the gig that everyone wanted because it was a show that was never going to close. You right. Know? And 40, then 49 years and then <laughs> 49 and a half years. And they were like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. We're yeah. Done. Cause it was the big financial crash happened. Right. Right. And yeah. Cause that was 2008 like, when everything was going under. Yes. And they brought yeah. in like new, new brass came in. This guy named Randy Sears came in and was like, fuck this show. Like they came and watched it. Dude, this show was, come on. It was pretty tragic by the time. I mean, let's I mean, be honest. I mean, I, holy I must shit. Admit, it, it really, I mean, compared to Jubilee, Jubilee was at least a spectacle. It may not have been like the best thing ever, but it was a spectacle. You, you remembered it, mm-hmm. but Follies Bergere was a it was bit camp. more subdued. Yeah. Well, it was camp, you know, by accident. Yeah. And yeah. you don't really want that. Well, it probably wasn't camp when it first started. Oh, and then man, it just that's kind the of whole be- problem is they tried to change it. See, Jubilee oh, never changed. Follies, yeah, yeah. they tried to like be hip. And I remember being like, saying things like the new millennium woman is a woman with style and grace. <laughs> oh my and like, gosh. The writing was so bad and it was like, there's no way it was almost no way as an actor to make it conversational because you couldn't Im- improv because you were doing it to music. So you had an exact amount yeah, you of time. Had, And you had word cues that had to fall in oh, certain yeah. places. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you couldn't mess with the, with the, rantings you know the writing was just so i i don't know dude that show was really tough gig because i was like well this is not good and uh i I just didn't think the show and you know anyone who's in that show would admit like this show is not good (laughs) (laughs) but but you know what you start in it you were the show really i mean yes they're the women behind you but you were the only one speaking really the only male singing so it was it was your show and then the girls behind you. Yeah, man. No, and it was, yeah, and that was great. That was, that was yeah. totally, I mean, it, dude, it was a beast. It was a beast. Oh. Yeah, because it's you for 90 minutes on. It's me. Yeah. And I'm talking like I would change, I would have quick changes on the side with dressers and people like holding my pants, you know, ready for me to just like jump in yeah. and throw a wig on and come back. And dude, <laughs> I didn't know, like, there were nights where I was like, I don't know what is going on. <laughs> I don't know what's next. I don't know where I'm going, but you know, just go out there. Yeah, and, and then they just push you out. Yeah. yeah. And then you somehow remember your lines most of the time, but God forbid yeah. you don't guess who's going to bust your, bust your balls the hardest. Oh, of course. Everyone in the cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, they, they've been there for years and they know every single word better than you. Yeah. And they love, they lived for those moments. And I was like such a, especially back then I was such don't a we as performers. Don't we always live for those mess ups? We always live for those. I know, but and, I don't go running that. into the, the leads dressing room and like, well, start, yes, like, but then we don't tattletale on it. Shit at him, like, yeah. Oh dude, I can't believe it. Man. You know? And I was like, dude, listen, yeah. I'm not there yet. Give it a week. Okay, yeah. then I'll laugh about it. Right now, I'm pretty fucking miserable. Because yeah. so, guess what? The show's still going. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it just happened. But but it's not happening anymore. And then you eventually, you went back to L.A., right? Is that where you... Is, yeah. Did you go from there back to L.A.? Well, I'm, you know, Tiffany got the job she has now. Um, oh, that's right. Tiffany is your wife. And yeah, please, please explain yeah, what she, she does. She is the model on Let's Make a Deal on CBS Daytime with Wayne, with Wayne Brady. Yeah, it is a great show and it gets great ratings and she's amazing on it. And so, you know, we were commuting to do the show. And then after my show closed, I think we hung in there for a little bit and then they moved. The show used to be, well, actually the show was in Vegas season one. Then it moved to LA. Then we were commuting and then we were like, you know what? We, we Just can't do it. that. We got to yeah. go. Yeah. So... Yeah, so I left. I mean, I would think I was like hosting slot tournaments or something like that. <laughs> so then, so then, once mind. you got to LA, then what was your gig? She she had her job at the at the show, and then what did you ease into once you moved to LA? Well, I was doing Las Vegas tenors, so I was like filling in for them, and then I I came in full time, and we were doing guest entertainer spots on cruise ships on Royal Caribbean, nice. and that was in. Sane, but I did that for like a couple of years, you know, while Tiffany was doing the show and then I would mm-hmm. go out and do ships and, and then we had Scarlett, we had my little, my little baby girl. And that, and I'm sure that, that changed everything. That I'm changed sure. everything. Cause I was like, yeah. I'm not, well, you know, I did some math on it. I said like, okay, so what's your best case scenario with this gig, right? That you work all the time. Mm-hmm. 
And that means you're never going to be home. Yeah. yeah. So and, then, and, and you're going to leave at a moment's notice. You're right. And then, so what's your worst case scenario with just the gig? I was like, is that you never work? So I'm like, so you, you're in a lose, lose right now, dude. You can't, yeah. you know, you can't do it. So I literally, I never went on a cruise again. I was like, I'm done. There you go. You left it. And I was like, I'm never going to go back out. I, I don't think I ever went back out. No. And uh, yeah, then I looked in at her and I was like, okay, so now what am I going to like do with my life? Yeah. 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 So, and I was like, well, what am I good at? What do I love? And I was still like auditioning and still auditioning. And, and so was, at this point in time, performing is still, was your focus like, okay, what's the next gig? What's the next singing job, theater right. job, whatever you, you, this is what you were still looking for at this time. Right. And you know, when I got back out, dude, I got so lucky. I, I got back with an agent. So I had a great theater agent, um, at stage nine and then they, they, joined with another agency. And so then I had great commercial representation. I signed on with a great modeling agency that Tiffany was working with. Cause they wanted like real people, like guys that just look like guys. And I was like, Oh, cool. So real. Yeah. I had like the best representation I've ever had in my life. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. But the, and, and so did it pay off in, in the work that you did? Yeah. Well, no, I booked a national commercial. And I was like, dude, I've been wanting to book a national forever, you know, like yeah. a real national. Yeah. So I booked a Southwest commercial. I think that was in like 2015 or something. And it was great. It was a good commercial, you know, and it ran. It started running. I was like, yes, this is this is great. Let me try and build on this. And this is going to be like a cool stepping stone. And I'll make 100 grand or 50, you know, like, yeah. I'm like I'll make 25, like worst case scenario. I'll make 25 right. grand. I ended up making eight grand. Which isn't small money, but when it comes to SAG national commercials, that's, that, that is pretty small. Well, yeah. I mean, have you done a commercial national lately? Not lately, but when I lived in, in Florida, I did two national commercials that were SAG. And I remember one, I made about 20000 The other was about fifteen. So they, they, it, was, it was not a lot, but I was working full-time at Disney at the same time. So add all that money together. I was set to go. Yeah, yeah. No, I've that's good. never made that much money since. That's what I'm saying. Is I, was I, yeah. I was like, okay, so it was a similar, similar thing where I took a step back and I was like, you know, to go to these auditions and at the time, I, I, I we had Scarlet at that time, so I would have to like sometimes get a babysitter just to just go so to you an could audition. audition. Yeah, yeah. Not alone a callback, but I was like, so okay, so then I do another commercial. What's what's the deal? Like, why would I want to do that? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, other than just vanity and like, oh, I'm on TV, but it's not really sustainable in my mind. Right. It's like, because the the variables are so crazy. Like, dude, the reason I got the commercial is because I needed someone that could play the guitar and sing their asses off. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I can do those things. But and a lot of people can't. So, right, you know, and that's why I got the gig. But you know, when you go out for a gig as a volleyball player, you're going to get beat out by a volleyball player these days, especially in Southern California, which yeah. I assume there's volleyball players everywhere. Well, yeah, and yeah. there's everyone everywhere. They're like, well, we want yeah, someone who's like who can play golf, and they so I'm like, they just get a golfer. I mean, I remember auditioning for another thing where I had to sing, and they're like, we want you to sound more like Michael Bolton, and I was like, <laughs> listen, dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> get Michael Bolton. I mean, he's not doing anything. They did. It was a Starburst commercial and they got Michael Bolton. Of course. So I'm like, so how do I, I beat Michael Bolton at being Michael Bolton? You can't. You're right. So yeah. why did I waste two days <laughs> of my life? You know what I mean? You go and then you go to the callback yeah. and there's a lot of driving and there's traffic and there's babysitters. And I'm like, I, I don't see myself being able to make the money back because it's not about talent with a commercial you know it's just not like i was uh, up for it, a visa commercial again a national commercial and it was between me and and this other guy but because they you went, and the guy that's gonna get it right right <laughs> I know. but they went with a blonde family so then i didn't get it right yeah that, that was it it wasn't because i wasn't good but it's because i wasn't blonde right yeah and, and, and so that, that's what's crazy about this business. I know. And that is, that is what's crazy about it. And so, so what is that? What led you now? You're also a father. So I'm sure that played into it, but is that what led you to be like, okay, good. I'm, I'm done with this racket. Yeah. Well, that commercial, 
And listen, man, like you've shot commercials. I mean, listen, it's not that easy of a gig. You know what I mean? Like it seems like it's going to be super easy, but. But you're up at five o'clock in the morning. It's going to be a 12 hour day. Well, yeah. And on this one, I was playing the guitar and dude, it was the craziest thing ever. And, you know, I had to learn a song the night before. I had to learn the boys are back in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can uh, you can look it up and play it over this uh, over this interview, <laughs> dude. It's a, it's a hilarious commercial. Southwest is having a sale, so you can put the old Garage Band back together, even if it never made it out of the garage. Uh, so I had to learn the boys are back in town and then play it live on a live mic the next day i'm like i don't know this fucking song i don't know the lyrics to this song like i barely could do it but man i had to step it up it was like okay action you got every southwest executive under this white tent you got this director who's stressing sweating his ass off in your face telling you don't mess it up and you got lights and you got i mean dude i was like this is uh this is legit the drummer started crying (laughs) that's how stressful it actually was the dude started crying Oh my gosh. Because the director gave some serious, like, you know, some notes that were like pretty brutal. Like, hey, listen, man, the uh, guys in the tent are saying that you look a little fat when you lift the garage up. Is there any way you can tuck your shirt in or something like that? You know, and the dude started crying because he looked fat. <laughs> but I mean, I'd be upset too. I'd be like, shit, man, I look fat. I mean, isn't that the one thing you don't want to look right, right. on TV? Well, I don't I mean, want to look fat. I'll- Unless you're doing like an overeaters commercial, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. So he he looked fat and he he cried, you know. So anyway, it's it's a bit of a stressful gig, but yeah, Absolutely. I decided, you know, when I started getting checks for that, and I was like, you know what, I I can't be held. I can't go in and audition for a 28 year old casting assistant. Wouldn't know talent or see talent or have any vision whatsoever for what's going on in this commercial yeah, and be judged by them. And then sort of be like, Oh, you didn't get it. You know what I mean? And then there's like a whole cycle of, I know you know what I mean, but there's a whole cycle of like self doubt and like, you know, you just start looking at yourself. Like you're just kind of a piece of shit. You know, you're like, ah, do I even have talent? And, you start asking yourself daily, like life questions, like what's it all about, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what am I doing? Nope. What am I really doing? You know, I'm like, nah. no, I, I, I just had a, a bout of about four and a half months where I, I was getting callbacks, but, but they, they weren't going anywhere. But two, two things around August, September of last year. And then I went months before I actually booked my next thing. So there's, even though I'm working and there's this and that, but to go like seven or eight months between booking something and your agent saying, hey, you got the job, for those seven or eight months, you're going, is it me? Did I do something? What Am I, am I sucking? What's happening? Yeah, and the reality is you're, you're not. Right. Or maybe you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, listen, I've gone into some auditions yeah. and fucked it up and done horrible shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just Absolutely. you would, in your worst nightmare you know that you would never think that you would be that bad and then you're Mm -hmm. like i can't believe i just i said that you know what i mean or i can't believe i did that i cannot believe that i did that and that was my audition i hope they don't call my agent (laughs) you know i I hope they forget my name throw away my headshot and (laughs) next time i go in yeah 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 thanks thank you that was that was terrible. You know, and it's like you're going in to do stuff like, okay, so you open the lid of the barbecue and there's a raccoon under there. <laughs> you exactly. know, and, and they're like, listen, the you're way too thing. big. You're way too big, Chris. I see a lot of theater in here. And so, I mean, it's not surprising, but this is on camera work and I need you to just tone down your reaction. I'm like, dude, dude, there's a fucking raccoon <laughs> under the barbecue. And you want me to just be like, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Look at that. A raccoon. Hey, hey, look at that. It's a raccoon. (laughs) I'm like, in real life, I would literally scream, you know, but I, you know, so I was like, well, you know, you never know what you're going to get. All right. So you're like, I'm done with theater work. I'm done with on camera work. So, so what, what did you think of, or how did you get to the next step? 
Well, I, I had gone, I went to school. Like when I, when I stopped doing voices or Las Vegas tenors and then it was called voices three. When I stopped doing that, I did. I looked at my daughter sleeping in her crib. And I remember being like, I had to take out this like $20,000 loan for school. Mm. And I was like, dude, this is like, I am a cliche right now. I'm like 40 years old going back to school, spending money that we don't have and taking out a loan. Yeah. God, you know, like, so dude, it was so hard. I was like, I, this is not good where I'm at, but listen, I'm just where I'm at. So mm-hmm. we got to do something. So I did it and I went to school for audio to be an audio engineer. And, and, and what, what led you in that direction? Uh, well, I had, I had opened a, a small business with my friend who was an audio engineer and we, we did a couple films. And so I was like negotiating the prices for the films and, you know, what we're going to charge and dealing with the clients and dealing with hiring people. And, you know, we did a few things that were, that were good. And I was like, this is cool. I really need to learn what I'm doing uh, because I can't keep hiring people to come in and press buttons that I could easily press if I just put my mind to it, you know? Right, right. You, you want to know the business that you're actually in. So you exactly. go back to school to, to learn more about it. Right. And so, and so from that, you uh, you had all this sound editing. Did you come up with like a degree or was it a training program or how did that Yeah, work? it was like a two-year training program where you get a certificate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, it was about as non-glamorous as you could imagine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you it's actually like, get a certificate or was it an email saying you graduated? Yeah, you print your own. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> they you Brilliant. <laughs> Here it is. Print this up and put it on your wall. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and also no one, no one's going to care, you know, but yeah, but I learned, right. I learned a lot. I, I did. I took it seriously, man. I took the schooling like really seriously. And I was like, all right, cool. I was still auditioning while I was going to school. And mm-hmm. then what happened was I got a job. That's when I had to make the real decision because I was like, I can't audition. Right. Yeah. Like if my you agent's going to call job. me and be like, can you go and do this? I'm be like, no. And they're like, well, when can you go? I'm like, like Saturday, you know what I mean? Never. (laughs) So I was like, either I take this job and I, if I do that, I gotta, I gotta just let it all go. And I'm not going to go through the stress because you know how it is. You get that call and you're like, Oh my God, I gotta lie to my work and tell them where I'm going. I can't tell them where I'm going. I can't. So I was like, Nope. And so, yeah, I sent an email to all my agents and I was like, Hey guys, uh, I'm, I'm done becoming a sound engineer. I'm going to work below the line, as they say, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I work in doing this and I won't be able to go to any auditions. I'm, I'm sure that was a tough email to write. Dude, it was brutal. Yeah. I made it short and sweet, but I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this, but it felt, it felt really liberating too. I was like, you know what? I can be done. You know, it really helped to do a, a national commercial too. I have to say, cause I was like, I'll just, that's a good way to go out. I'm like, I, I just, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be forever, but it does need to be right now. I don't, there's only so much a man can do. And so, was, so you weren't at this time closing the door forever to performing. It's just like, I can't do that now. I'm going to focus on this. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But I definitely can't kind of sort of do that. You know what I mean? Right. You, you can't just half-ass both. You have to commit to one or the other. Right. Yeah. And so I decided to commit to, you know, the thing I went to school for and, and do it, which is, which yeah. is what I'm doing. And so, and so from there, you, you started, as you said, you, you started taking jobs. And what was that first job once you completed the, the program? Well, I had my own company, right? So mm-hmm. I had negotiated a feature and I, I, dude, I mean, this is like the only way in, in show business too. I think it's in everything, right? That first job, like who's yeah. going to hire you and why? You know, like, why would I hire someone that has no fucking idea what they're doing? Right. You know that, what I mean? that has a printed home certificate. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've got, a, <laughs> I've got a certificate that I printed, you know, and that's it. I have no experience. Yeah. So luckily, and this was all part of my plan, too, was like, okay, well, I can hire myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then I can just be as good or as shitty as, you know, it's going to be. And I remember I we, we got a feature film called By God's Grace. It was kind of like a Christmas carol type thing. And I was like, well, I'm going to do the backgrounds and the foley and the effects.
for those of us non-sound engineers, what what exactly were you recording? Okay, so uh, well, I, I was t- pulling backgrounds from a from a like a sound library. With backgrounds would be like the fan that you have on right now, and the, <laughs> and the traffic right. that's outside, right? So you're like yeah. New York City apartment interior, right? So you probably have like people yelling down the hall and on one track, and then you'd have like cars and traffic, city traffic day, birds, okay. always putting birds yeah. in just because yeah. it's daytime. And then, you know, whatever else, room tone. So yeah. those are called backgrounds. So every time a scene changes, you got to change the background. Does that make sense? That's, that sounds very tedious, but yeah. Dude, yeah it it kind of is, It's but it's actually kind of amazing because it takes a, a movie that looks like the biggest piece of crap you've ever seen and turns it into like a real movie. It's amazing yeah, to me what sound does. it feels does. like you're there. Yeah, yeah, it puts you there. It's crazy. Yeah. And I didn't even really, really know that until I started working. Because I, when, I, when I first started working on that movie, I was like, I hope I can do this. Like, mm-hmm. it was the weirdest moment. I was like, I don't even know if I can even do this, if I have any talent whatsoever at this. You know, and I yeah. knew I could sing. You know what I mean? But I was like, I might be terrible at this. I don't know. Turns out I was good at it. But yeah, so then I did all the backgrounds and then I did all the Foley where, dude, I was literally walking on a slab of concrete in high heels, <laughs> you know, recording and, and, myself. Recording. And what was that sound effect for? What was that? I was for like to... woman walking down the street in heels. You were the woman walking down I the was. street? I was the woman and I was the man walking, you know, and then walking on grass, walking Singing on. Singing do what diddy diddy dum diddy do. That's yeah. me. Yeah, right? so I did it all and I was like, holy shit, this sounds really good. And I, and I started to really like it. And I was like, this is, yeah. this is cool. And then, yeah, then we started doing more and more. And then that business folded. My partner was like, I'm out. I, can't, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. So then, and then I got a job at Technicolor. And that's when I really was like, I cannot do any auditioning. I can't do anything except work at Technicolor. When you interview, do you bring in samples of your work? Do you, do you have like a reel? Like what is, yeah, what is that interview process like? Well, yeah, I mean, if I, you know, I think your show, your show is called uh, Why I'll Never Make It, right? Right. Well, this is true. Yeah. Well, the re- like, you know, I don't have a reel. I should. I should have a website that's totally slick and I should have a reel up there that's, you know, I've been trying to make a reel, dude, for like <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> no, I mean, I had an acting reel, you know what I mean? But yeah. you know the thing. It's a, it's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> No, yeah, because like just finding the footage and then making sure it's good footage and putting it together and Dude, leaving this one off. Finding the footage, it. yeah. Finding the footage. You can that's use key. that footage. Or you do a movie yeah. and they're like, yeah, well, it hasn't been released. You're like, well, we did it three and a half years ago. And they're like, I know, mm-hmm. we're so close. <laughs> so yeah. close to being out. You know, we're trying to take it to Sundance, dude. We think it's going to get in. We really do. I'm like, oh my God. No, uh-huh. it's not. Okay. Uh, so moving on. Yeah. yeah. Moving <laughs> on. Exactly. But yeah, so I should have a reel. But no, when you go in and they look at your resume and they kind of get a feel for, you know, what you've done and what you want mm-hmm. to do. And then, dude, it is trial by fire. Then they just, they, they give you the job and then you have to do it. They just say, we need this and you just have to figure out how to get it. Yeah. And it oh. is, I was like, oh man, I'm so happy to not en- be an entertainer. I don't have to go on stage. I don't need to know that fear. <laughs> Dude, then it was like, we're going to lock you in a really small room with a client who's going to be staring at everything you do. And you oh, have so to they're look just like you know what you're doing. You. Sometimes, oh. yeah, you'll have someone hovering. Dude. Yeah. And like, you know, especially like right now, I'm a Foley, Foley recordist. And Foley, for anyone who doesn't know, is like footsteps, hand pats you know, uh, sound effects. So, so when like, they punch someone on screen, yeah. it's a Foley right. recordist that, that creates that sound. Yeah, well, the Foley artist is in the other room and the recordist is in the room I'm in and I record oh. the hit, like, boom. Oh, okay, so the artist creates the hit and you're the one recording the hit and making sure that it sounds lifelike and yes. whatever it needs to be. Exactly. Gotcha. Then I sync it up. So then I edit the audio, move it around, make sure it's synced up correctly and, mm-hmm. and it sounds good. Everything you know, that is seen, everything that is heard, every single moment has to be created. It, it, it's not like live theater where you just put actors on stage and things happen. Right. No, you have to create every single moment that the viewer hears or sees. Exactly. And they can't yeah. be aware of it. It has to right, be that right, good. Right. It has to be so good yeah. that they don't even ever think about it. They just see it as this is what's happening. 
And that's the wow. whole goal, you know, is to be kind of unseen with by doing everything you possibly can, you know, to make it seamless. I'm curious, now that you have this training behind you, you have this experience, when you watch a TV show or a film, does it change the way you listen to it? Yeah, totally. But not in a bad way, like not in a judgy <laughs> way. I mean, sometimes I'll be like, why is the dialogue so low? I mean, that's always my thing. I'm like, God. <laughs> yeah. Or... Or I'll be like, dude, this is going to be one of those Christopher Nolan mixes where it's like all music and dialogue. That's it. A lot of times yeah. you won't hear your work when you do sound effects. You're like, I didn't hear that at all. I, don't, I didn't hear anything mm-hmm. I did. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it changes it, but not in a bad way. Sometimes I'm like, I can really appreciate, like, man, the sound is amazing in that. But I don't get that mad when it's not yeah. good. Because I know why. Because no one has any time. You know, it's like, I'm I'm sure that they had someone just, just driving them into the dirt and they just did not have time to make it sound better, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so I just feel for them. What I love, and and I remember whenever, you know, because I follow you on Instagram and I remember seeing when you got the Emmy nomination. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, My daughter just walked in in a cowgirl hat and a (laughs) rose. Well, of course, you have to pay attention to that. I know. It said, well, she started tapping on the mic, too. Okay, say hi and then say bye. Hi. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And and there you are. That's that's fully record us. I needed to feel like you were at home with your children and you created it. I did. I created that for you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, actress. Love it. So, so, anyway, so getting back to, to this Emmy Award, what was the Emmy Award nomination for? Sound editing in an animated TV show. It was, I don't know, I'm looking at it on the wall. It says Foley Editor, short form animation, meaning it's like a half hour show. Right. So, yeah. And, and, and what, what is the show? People want to see it now. Oh, uh, The Adventure of Puss in Boots, dude. Puss in oh, Boots, yeah. man. Yeah, from, it's on from Netflix. Shrek, right? Yeah, yeah. And he, had, he has yeah. his own show on Netflix. Uh, called the Adventures of Puss in Boots, and uh, it's a good show. It's a, and the show that we got nominated for was insane. I mean, I remember doing it and being like, "This is, you know, I can either stay here all night or just kind of phone it in." And I was like, "I can't. I have to do it's, it." It's, right? It's, you did it. So did you it. were up all night. And which episode was it? Uh, the episode's the called a a Savage Place, and it's I think okay. season five. Hmm. Yeah. And so what was so difficult or what, what do you think was so award worthy of this particular episode? My amazingness. <laughs> no, um, well, yeah, <laughs> no, it was a lot. You know what it was? It was a lot of sword fighting and you could listen, dude, you got a cat in a pair of boots, <laughs> you know, like that alone is kind of insane. And then you have right. all these one eyed like monsters with like poles and mm-hmm. they were like slamming them on the ground and hitting them on the rocks and, a lot there's just a lot of jumping like you imagine a cat jumping on a dude's head you know and, and like hitting him with a sword and stuff it, it was just like it really was an intense in, insane episode and you know we had we had rocks and we had dirt and we had concrete and we had cobblestones i mean just the surfaces alone were pretty insane too so is there like meetings that go okay this is what a cat sword sounds like no 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 this is what the cat sword sounds like like do you kind of go back and forth well we work so fast that Mm -hmm. so you don't have time to like meet about it talk about it discuss a lot of talking you got to make a lot of permanent decisions on the fly yeah (laughs) you know you really do you're like hey yeah and like that's what it's gonna be and then when i'm editing i will sometimes pitch things up or down or change you know, change things. I just did an episode of Elena of Avalor, this Disney show. And I put the rocks, there was these two rock monsters that were like having a courtship. I know it's ridiculous, but it was the most, (laughs) it was an insane episode because rock, rock monsters, you know, hugging is, is kind of a weird (laughs) thing, but I, I, I changed the rocks so that they were in the same key as the song they were singing. Because yeah. it sounded really dissonant and terrible when, you know, when you added that they were like out of tune with the song. So I was like, I got to pitch these guys into the correct key. One's a girl, one's a guy. So he was one note and she was another note, 
You know what I mean? So I, 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 mm-hmm. I did change it for that, but this fully artist is the one that comes up with the, with the sound. So he, he does have meetings, you know, and we will right. do stuff yeah. this specific to, to certain shows, you know, especially. And for, is that something that happens like once they get the con, once you get a contract for a show that fully artist starts thinking, creating. Yep. And so by the time it gets to you, a lot of those decisions have been made. Is that kind yeah. of how it works? Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Like I'm not making, I mean, now I have to make the final decision. Like it's up to me what is recorded, but my Foley artist, Jay is like, the guy's amazing. So I, I really just defer to his judgment a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. I might ask him like, Hey man, do you mind if I pitch that up? And he'd be like, you know what? Don't. And I just know that he knows a lot of stuff. I don't know. So like yeah. he, he's talked to the client or he's talked to someone that has talked to the client. And so I just go with it because, you know, everyone's got it. That's what I mean. When you're going so fast, it's like doing summer stock theater. It's like, you don't have a lot of time to sit around and talk about shit. You just got to get it. Right. Done right. Do, gotta, it really, do, it. do it right. Yeah. So that was, and that was crazy, man, because you know, that's to go, to go into this field as late in life as I did was, you know, it was kind of daunting to say mm-hmm. the least. And so then to I get bet. a little recognition was, was cool. Yeah. Whenever you went into it, was there ever that doubt of, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I'll make it. Oh yeah. If I don't, what else will I do? Oh my, every day, dude. I still think that. I mean, we all do, man, because it's art. It really is. I mean, it's art, but it's, it's very commercialized and it's very fast paced. But at the end of the day, you're like, am I good at this? And the answer is a lot of times, no, not right now. <laughs> you better yeah, step yeah. up, you know, because, you know, it's like if you get a scene, right, and you're going to go to an audition, the first time you read it, it might just be terrible. But you got to believe that you have the talent to make it good. You know what I mean? And then you eventually you will. But, yeah, I, I, st- I struggle it, yeah. with that every day. I'm like, God, mm-hmm. this doesn't sound good or something's going on with this and i can't figure out what it is like even now i'm really struggling with how this mic sounds <laughs> and i hope it's all right but it doesn't sound that great so sorry no, I, I, I was actually about to, i was actually about to say like yeah how, how are we doing sound wise on on this particular episode yeah yeah, yeah. we're doing you know, it's right. fine you know it's yeah, all right we'll, we'll see should i should i add some there, there that's, that's 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 someone walking down the stairs well right? yeah your proximity is yeah. a little off but yeah no that's pretty good <laughs> That's pretty good. See, yeah, yeah. The professional, professional I, speaks. I don't know if it's so, Emmy worthy, but it's, it was pretty good. Hey, you got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, you do. I started that somewhere. Yeah, right, right. You started banging on a table, and then it led to an Emmy award. I, I think did. that's the trajectory, right? <laughs> Haven't we all banged on a table at least once? <laughs> yeah, and then it leads to an award, right? <laughs> well, yeah. something like that. I, I have like been that. awarded uh, multiple times. <laughs> So what are you up to now? What's your current project? What's kind of in the Chris Coyne field right now? Well, I'm working on a, I'm working on a little, they call it a side project, you know, like a little independent short film uh, called Sofia's Quinceanera. And uh, oh. so I'm doing all the dialogue, things that are sort of out of my comfort zone because I've been doing Foley for a while and I want to make sure that mm-hmm. I'm keeping my chops up, as they say, which you yeah. know, is like my theater background. You know what I mean? Trying to always be a true professional and know what you're doing if you can if you can so yeah Yeah. i'm working on that plus i'm working on you know all the shows that i work on which is just a bunch like disney shows like i said elena of avalor and um puss in boots actually is canceled but um and just like you know there's like 10 shows that i'm working on right now like dorothy and the wizard of oz yeah i mean it's just they're episodic so they just keep coming in and i just keep doing them yeah well, we have we have come to the end. I didn't I, I didn't think you. I mean, you've been talking. You didn't think I'd ever shut really, up, did you? No, that's like I love that, it. that was really my way to tell you. Just tell me. Listen, it's yeah. okay. I can take direction. <laughs> I can. I'm the right person. You know, as long as you're not Diane. That's right. <laughs> Jubilee. No, I can take no, direction. No, exactly. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh. Oh my god. Okay. Well, well, you know what? Well, you know what? Kind of speaking of, of of Diane and and you know how we use our words. What is the best advice that you've ever received, and how did it help you? Here's the most. Here's the advice I remember. This is the advice. You can either take yeah. it or not. But I'm telling you, this is the way it is. Yeah. You know, I was doing um, Hair, the musical Hair, and I was playing Claude, who's one of the leads, and. Mm-hmm. 
Jim Rado, the guy that wrote the show, or one of the writers of the show, was there. And he oh, came wow. back, he came backstage and he said, So, how do you think you're how do you think you're doing? This is in between the first and second act, which you know, this oh. is totally uncool to do, but he still did it. You know? So at intermission, he yeah, comes dude. to you. Yeah. Guy okay. just walks right. in with a loaded question too, right? With like a sort of passive <laughs> yeah. aggressive. How, how do, do you, you think, think you're doing? You? Apparently like shit or you wouldn't be here right now, you know? <laughs> but I was like, uh, I said, yeah, you know what? I feel like I'm kind of in and out and a, a little bit, you know, like he said, well, you don't have the right to be in and out of this. You're the lead in this show. And this show is about people who got killed and died. And then he said, dude, this is heavy. He goes, do you know that an actor friend of mine set himself on fire in protest of this war that you're in and out of on stage? He says, you have a job. If you want to be in and out, be in the chorus. If you want to be in the whole time, then you can be the lead. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. He's like, you know, and I have never forgotten that because it, it was like that wake up moment where it's like you are you gonna do this shit or are you gonna not do it and i was like I, now i need to do it and i went out dude and i and i did it from that moment on man i just was like you got to bring it you have to bring it every yeah. single time mm-hmm. so and you don't have the right to not and i thought and, that and was so great advice there was a difference between when you obviously act one and act two but when you started the run of that show and how you ended i assume it was completely different totally yeah. Yeah. No, dude, even I mean at the time where I was like writing letters home, my handwriting changed. Like I went so deep into that character, it was actually kind of not good. <laughs> but, wow. you know, I was bringing it. I was bringing it on yeah. stage and it was great. I wouldn't change it for anything. But yeah, that was the best advice I ever got, man. It was hardcore, but it was true, you know. Yeah. But I mean and sometimes that's what we need. We need something that hits us right between the eyes and kind of knocks us back. Because I think those are the those are the times when we when when we almost take a step back from ourselves and look at ourselves in a new way and like I am not doing what I need to be doing and yeah. we and we can really start to change whether whether it's professionally like like in that role better acting better singing better commitment to the character whatever it may be or just in our lives it's like step up be the husband be the father be the boyfriend be the girlfriend whatever it is and really fully commit to the to the person to the job to the whatever we've given our commitment to 100% totally dude yeah, i love and it. you know I, love it. I think and I, and that's what think about that i mean that's what theater and art brought to my entire life and brings to a lot of our lives. You know what I mean? You're like, dude, you think you're bringing it, but you're not. You think mm-hmm. you're being your best version of yourself, but you're actually not. And you owe it. You don't have the right. Because you're, you know, when you're an artist, you're just, sometimes you, you're able to have moments of really great sparks of like brilliance, you know, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. If you're lucky. Yeah. But if you can do that, you kind of you kind of have to, man, you know? Yeah. It's like, that's why I'm always like Barbara Streisand. I'm like, girl, get out there and sing. Suck it up. We all know you're nervous. <laughs> I'm nervous too. But get out there. You owe it to the world. Do it. You know? I just right? want to call her up and be like, Babs, Babs, girl, get out there. Come on. Here's we the know. Advice. Yeah. Here's the advice. Sing. <laughs> the end. I think that's a great way to end the episode. <laughs> uh, Good luck. You know, with, with with hope and a little <laughs> crossing of the fingers and, you know. Yeah. Thank you so much, Chris. Dude, it was great. I'm so glad you got to stop by and chat. I love you. You're the best. You are. The, All right. You love you too, man. Best, man. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot, Chris. All right. Later. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you had as much fun as I certainly did with this episode. Join me next week whenever I have a very special guest on, John McGinty. He's one of the stars from the recent Broadway revival of Children of a Lesser God. He is an actor who happens to be deaf, and I can't wait for him to share his story and his career with you. Until then, keep making it, and have a great week.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.